Somebody say that name again. Jesus. Ain't nobody like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Amen. Aren't you glad you know him tonight? He made a way where there is no way. Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, I know him. I know him. And he's everything they sang about and more. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He's everything and more. Praise God. So good to see you here tonight. It is one of those bittersweet moments in the life of a pastor uh, that you know comes from time to time. But certainly we're going to miss Brother Ethan and Sister Lauren, they have been such a vital part of our church. They're just going to relocate for a while, but they're still part of Greater Life Church. And uh, I want to thank him personally for the excellent work that he's done. Everything Brother Ethan does is top-notch, and uh, I appreciate the spirit that he brings to the ministry. And I'm just grateful for the time that they've had to pour into our young people. I believe our young people are better for that. And I am grateful that they've been able to be with us. Brother Ethan, come on tonight. Preach to us. Amen. Love you. Well, praise the Lord, Greater Life Church. This indeed is a bittersweet moment, and uh, I've been trying to mentally avoid it in many ways, and uh, putting that Facebook post out this past week was difficult, And um, but I just want to say that I, I, when Pastor Hughes asked me to, to preach, and uh, he told us that they were y'all were having something for us after service, I told him that I feel more honored than I deserve. And I really do feel that. And I just want to say thank you, Great Alive Church. Thank you, Pastor Hughes. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. I'm so thankful for the blessings of God that I have found here at Great Alive Church. Please be seated. I just want to make a few remarks before I get into my message. I got the microphone, so I need to, I need to talk to you. <laughs> I need to thank you. But uh, I came to this church in 2016, a very young man who was still trying to find his way in the world and had a lot of questions and uh, some confusion, some struggles, heartaches, some trials. But I'm so glad that God in his foreknowledge knew that I needed a place to call home. And I'm so thankful that he brought me to Greater Life Church. You all are my home church. And I'm so, so thankful. And uh, I tell you, I was immediately welcomed here at Greater Life Church. Brother Clyde T. had me up playing guitar within three weeks. I mean, it was, it was quick. So uh, I'm just so thankful for, for all the opportunities that I've had to, to serve. I'm so thankful for Brother Clyde T. letting me serve uh, all these years on the music team. I've learned so much from you, Brother Clyde T. Thank you so much for your leadership and your example. I've learned so much from you. We're gonna, I'm going to miss you. Sister Laurel, I'm going to miss you. All the peas and... A little Alicia, we're going to miss you too. But I'm, I'm just so, so thankful. I'm so thankful. I've, I've been blessed by 
Pastor Hughes and, and the preaching of Pastor Hughes, I'm so thankful for just a continual reminder of God's ability to bring us through whatever we are facing, to take a licking and keep on ticking, Pastor Hughes. Amen. I will never forget that. I'm so thankful that he's been an example of godliness and, and leadership, and, and he's been an example of what it means to be a pastor. Greater Life Church, there are not many good pastors out there. That is the unfortunate truth, but you have a, an amazing one, a great one in Pastor Hughes. I'm so thankful, Pastor Hughes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for believing in me. Thank you so much for supporting me. Thank you so much for everything that you've spoken into my life. I love you and Sister Hughes so very much. I've also been blessed by Greater Life Church through Brother Landon and Sister Sarah Long. Um, I'm just so thankful for what they've done. I, I mean, Brother Landon and Sister Sarah, Lauren and I weren't even engaged at this point. So I think they just knew that we were getting married. And uh, Sarah and Landon invited us over and they asked us to be youth pastor, the next youth pastor. They were youth pastor at the time. They wanted us to, to, uh, to fill in for them. And, and really, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, Brother Landon. <laughs> no idea. But I'm so thankful that y'all have extended that opportunity to me and to Lauren, and we have been so blessed to minister to the young people, the amazing young people of this church. I'm so thankful for what you and uh, what y'all have poured into Lauren. I mean, I, when y'all were in Beaumont, I'm not sure that she would be here at Greater Life Church if y'all weren't there in Beaumont pouring what you did into her at that place. I don't even know if she'd be in church. I don't know if she'd be living for God. I, I don't know if I would have got to marry her. I mean... Thank you so much for what you've done. And thank you so much for asking me and Lauren to help out on Friday night youth nights. I don't know if y'all were scheming something, but it worked out. Woo! I love you both. Love, love all the, what was that? It was on purpose. Knew it. <laughs> we love you guys. Love the boys so very much. And uh, I, just, I, could, I could go on all night talking about all of you, but I just want to take a moment and I want to say thank you so much, Greater Life Young People. I've ne I never dreamt in a million years that I'd be a youth pastor, and uh, I never dreamt in a million years that I'd be a youth pastor to the most amazing group of young people on this whole wide world. I, I You know what, I still, who, who's an OG, uh, o o o original youth, youth person? I'm trying to think. Caitlin was, was there from the start. I think Destiny was. You know what? I want to thank y'all personally because I looked at my, some of my messages from when I first started, and I don't know how y'all sat through me, okay? And kept on coming back at Wednesday after Wednesday. So thank you very, very much. <laughs> y'all are amazing. Um, I will never forget NAYC 2019. That was a lot of fun. I will never forget TYC 2021 and how much of a blast we had. I will never forget when we started doing youth service, youth service, not just teaching, youth service on Wednesday night. And I will never forget the moves of God that we had up there in that upper room over there in the gym. Just amazing, amazing memories. And I am so convinced and I am so excited about God's future that he has in store for each and every one of you. I cannot wait to see what God is going to do through you here in the next few years. I believe that God has his hand upon each and every single one of you, that you are called and that you're anointed, that you're chosen by God, and that there is nothing that you can't do through him. I love you all so very much, and I am going to miss you so, so very much.
So Greater Life Church, thank you so much for being a blessing to me. I could go on all night, but I, I, you have been a blessing. You have been such a blessing to me for the past six years. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for all your prayers. Thank you for being a blessing to me and Sister Lauren and little Ezra. We love you all so, so very much. <clears throat> How about you give you all yourselves a hand? Please, please. So after uh, Pastor Hughes asked me to preach tonight, I wanted to preach on something that would bless my church family as much as y'all have blessed me. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to thank one other group of people. Um, you know, me being the youth pastor and Lauren being the youth pastor's wife, we get the spotlight a lot of the time, but I just want to give a shout out real quick to Jose and Mary. They helped us out pre-COVID with the youth and they did an amazing job. And post-COVID, I've had uh, the privilege of working with Brother Colby and Sister Hilly and they've done an amazing job. Thank you all so much for helping us. We appreciate you so very much. After Pastor Hughes asked me to preach tonight, I wanted to preach on something to bless you guys. And, and I, you know, I was sitting at my keyboard and, and I, I finally had a stroke of inspiration last night. Finally, after uh, some, some work. And uh, I wanted to make this message a little more lighthearted. And I believe it will be. But um, as I started to flesh it out, it took a little bit more of a serious shape. And um, this message is still about blessing, but I believe that it will be less of a get you excited message and more of a challenge. And um, I've always had hard times with titles. I guess I'm just not very clever. I'm not clever enough to come up with good ones. Uh, a few weeks ago, fun story, I was uh, preaching on a passage in Isaiah in a youth service, and my title was Deaf and Blind after a verse in there. And the whole time, there were two young boys in the back. I won't name their names. <coughs> Peyton, <coughs> Ridge. And they were back there cracking Helen Keller jokes the whole time, just laughing. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but it was, it was just like, I should have picked a different title. I should have picked a different message. I shouldn't have preached this in youth service. I should have preached this in, in, in the greater church or something, you know. <laughs> so anyways... If I could, my title tonight is A Place for God's Name. A Place for God's Name. <clears throat> I truly believe that God's greatest desire is to bless His creation. And I believe God has done that and is doing that through Greater Life Church. If I were to summarize why I think Greater Life is a blessing, I believe that it is for one reason alone, however. It's not because of our amazing music team, though we have an amazing one under Brother Clyde T. It's not because... We have amazing ministry teams like iKids and Hyphen and Soar. It's not because we have amazing preaching and teaching service after service, which we do. It's not even because we have amazingly friendly and welcoming people like yourselves. But instead, I believe that greater life has been and continues to be a blessing because of this one fact alone, that God's presence dwells here. Yeah. I, have, I have invited many people to come to greater life. And so fortunately, over the past year, I've had a, a few visitors come. Glory to God. I'm hoping and praying that they will be drawn back to this place, and I believe they will. But every time I invite somebody, I don't entice them with the great music or the powerful preaching or the friendly people, though I do mention it. It's just not the highlight. Instead, when I invite people to church, I say, you should come to Greater Life Church because God yeah. is there. 
God is here. Yahweh Shema. He is here. God is dwelling at greater life. And because he is here, you can be blessed beyond measure, overflowing with joy and righteousness and peace because his spirit is evident and it is present. The ancient Israelite people had an equivalent to Greater Life Church, a place where they could feel God's presence and be blessed because of it. It was the grand and glorious Jerusalem temple. Pilgrims would come from afar and journey to Jerusalem just to get a glimpse of the temple gates. They traveled from distant nations to study and wonder at the intricate architecture and meticulous design. Even Gentiles would come to the temple as tourists. But at its essence, the temple was the center of Jewish faith and culture. Jews would read about the temple in their local synagogues. They would read the scripture aloud that would detail how the Jews were to worship God in the temple. And traditionally, Jews would journey to Jerusalem three times a year to worship God. They would come during the feast of Passover in the spring. They would come in the feast of Pentecost in the summer. And they would finally come in the feast of tabernacles in the fall. There at the temple, Jews could pray to God and they could worship God both in song and in sacrifice. As they would journey to Jerusalem, they would sing songs of praise to God. The most famous of these being the Hallel Psalms. They would sing these songs of praise, thanking God for His mighty acts, all the while looking forward to the very moment that they would finally enter the temple gates with thanksgiving and the temple courts with praise. Many psalms were written to express how wonderful it was to be in God's presence in Jerusalem. The sons of Korah wrote a beautiful song about a pilgrimage to the temple, and this is what they wrote in Psalm 84. I quote, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, My soul longs, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, how blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. They go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. For better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. He withholds no good thing from those who walk with integrity. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. That last bit there, he withholds no good thing. That's how I feel about greater life today. This morning was amazing. I just felt like I could just sit here and just soak in the presence of God. Tonight was amazing. I feel like I could. I was just free to worship. I was free just to feast on the goodness of God. You know, I could get that juicy ribeye. I could get that pork chop from Perry's. I could eat all the Texas Roadhouse rolls that I want to in God's presence. He withholds no good thing from us. I'm so thankful for God's presence that's here in this house. How good and how pleasant it is to be in God's house. I'd rather, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. You know, the Hebrew there doesn't actually mean doorkeeper. More literally, the verse says, I'd rather be at the threshold of the house of my God. 
In other words, the psalmist was saying that they'd rather be in the nosebleeds trying to get a glimpse of their God than to get VIP backstage passes to the best bands in the world. Because that's how great and awesome God's presence is. Sometimes you just have to climb a sycamore tree to get a glimpse of Jesus passing by. You may have to get out of the aisles and look a little foolish, but can I tell you, it's worth it. It's better. One day is better in his courts than thousands elsewhere. Psalm 84 is just one psalm of many that talk about how wonderful God's presence was inside his temple. A pilgrimage to God's temple was a thousand times worth it. You will leave more blessed than you came. Like the psalmist says, he withholds no good thing to us. That's what the church, this church, has been like to me. And I am so very thankful. I have been blessed not just to make a pilgrimage to this church, but I've been able to dwell here at this church for the last six years. And although you have been a blessing to me, every single one of you have been a blessing to me, I have not been blessed necessarily because you are here. I have not necessarily been blessed because of the great music or the preaching or this amazing building. All of these things are great and all, but if they lack just one thing, they are meaningless. We can sing all the songs, we can preach all the sermons, we can host all the events, but if God's presence isn't here, then we need to close up shop and turn off the lights and put this building up for sale. I'm so thankful for the preaching. I'm thankful for the music. I'm thankful for the building. I'm thankful for every single one of you. But it's God's presence that brings the blessing. Like the psalmist says, how blessed, how blessed are those who dwell in your house, who dwell in your presence. It's his presence that brings that blessing. Hallelujah. If I could say it this way, it's His presence or nothing. It's God or it's nothing. Because in Him we live and move and we have our being. It's His breath in our lungs that allows us to live. He is the vine and we are the branches. Apart from Him, we can do absolutely nothing. Moses famously said it like this in Exodus chapter 33 verse 15. If your presence doesn't go with us, if it doesn't go with us, if you don't personally accompany us, God, don't make us leave this place. Don't make us leave. Don't cast us away from your presence. How important and how necessary is God's presence? How we need God's presence to be here at Greater Life Church. Without his presence, there is no blessing. There is no blessing apart from God. But I'm so thankful that I know that God's presence is, is, is here because I have been blessed exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask for or think over the past six years here at Greater Life Church. His presence is here and I have been blessed because of it. Hallelujah. King Solomon knew how important God's presence was. He knew that if God did not dwell with him, that the blessings of God would also not dwell with them. He knew that God's presence and his blessings were inseparable. And so after completing the temple building, Solomon, Solomon prayed in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 57. He says, May the Lord our God be, be with us. 
May he never leave us and never forsake us. In other words, may God's presence always abide with us. Here, God, dwell with us. Here at this temple that we have made for you. God, we are here, but this building is not enough. We need your presence here with us to keep us and to guard us and to protect us and to bless us. God responded just a few verses later in the next chapter, and he says this to Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 3. He says this, I have heard your prayer and petition before me. I have consecrated this temple you have built. How does he do that? By putting my name there forever. You know, to us modern readers, us American Western readers, it seems like a weird response from God. I mean, Solomon has just been on his knees. He's just spent millions of dollars. He's just sacrificed thousands of animals, wasted so many resources to build this temple. And he's there on his knees pleading with God. God, we need your presence to be here. And God says, okay, I'm going to put my name there forever. And we, we look at that, us readers, and we're like, man, that, that seems really weird. But to Solomon and to any Jew at that time, they would have understood that God actually granted Solomon's request exactly as he asked it. You see, uh, the name of God, the name of God is inseparable from God himself. The name of God is God. Just like the word of God is God and inseparable from him. Trinitarians, they'll like to make a distinction between the word of God and God or the name of God and God. But the Jews, they made no distinction. To have God's name somewhere inscribed upon some place meant that God's presence was also there. That God was actually there, abiding there dwelling there. And the Jews made a direct connection between God's name and the consequent and subsequent blessings. When God said, I'm going to put my name there forever, he was also saying that he was going to bless that place so long as his name was there, as long as his presence was there. And that is the key to God's blessings. It's his name. It's his presence. If you don't have his name and you don't have his presence, there is no blessing. Let me put it this way. If his name is on it, you bet he's going to take care of it. If his name is on it, you bet it belongs to him and he's going to watch over it. If his name is on it, you bet he's going to exercise some ownership and he's going to wash it and wax it and polish it and vacuum it and detail it and change its oil and give it some pavement destroying mods. I can say with confidence that God's name is upon this temple called Greater Life Church because everywhere I look... I see God taking care of his church. I see God blessing his flock. I see God protecting and delivering his children. I see him adding some hell and devil destroying mods. Why? Because he's taking care of his church. He's leading and guiding his church. Because his presence is here. And because his name is upon Greater Life Church. The Old Testament records many times how God's name was placed in the temple in Jerusalem. Like God's response to Solomon says, it was the dwelling place of his name forever. And to the Jews, they had no problem 
No problem at all. Accepting and understanding that God's name and therefore his presence was there at the temple. They could make sense of that, that God would be there at the temple. That's why they would, would pilgrimage there three times a year. That's why they would sing all these songs and write all these beautiful hymns about God's presence there at the temple. They had no problem accepting God's presence there in the temple because they couldn't wait to be there in his temple because they knew blessing was there. However, however, it was not God's ultimate plan for his people to be blessed through a building. Though his name was there at that building, ready to bless the people, God wanted his name to be placed somewhere else. He wanted it to be placed somewhere else. In fact, there was a specific way that he wanted his people to be blessed that we read about in Numbers chapter 6. God's plan to bless his people was through a pronouncement made by the high priest upon the people of Israel. This pronouncement, this blessing is called the Birchat Kohanim or the priestly blessing. You'll recognize it as soon as I start to read this famous passage. It's found in Numbers chapter 6 starting in verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance toward you and give you peace. I really wish I had time to go into detail about all the depth of meaning here, but I'm just going to give you a rough Ethan translation based on the Hebrew here. This is what it's saying. May the Lord honor you and protect you. May the Lord bring light, life, and warmth to you and bestow favor upon you that you could never earn. May the Lord smile and accept you and make you completely and totally whole. Could you ask for a better blessing than that? Count me in for that blessing. And although this blessing has captured the hearts of Jews and Christians throughout the millennia, we often forget the final verse in this passage that immediately follows this blessing. This verse right here, it summarizes what this blessing is all about. If we could put up that last verse. So they shall put my name, my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. Notice first that there is a connection between the name of God and the blessing of God. Praise the Lord. But notice more importantly, where God's name is being placed. It's not on a temple. It's not on a building. It's being placed on people. God answered Solomon's prayer by allowing his name to dwell there in the temple. But that's not where God originally wanted his name. His temple was to be a blessing for all who entered his gates. But that wasn't the plan to bless all the nations. God's ultimate desire was for his name to be placed upon people. I don't believe that the Jews fully understand the implications of this blessing. 
Remember, they spent millions of dollars, all kinds of resources to build this elaborate temple. And they blagged and pled with God for his presence to to fill there, that his name would be there. His presence to be there forevermore. They could accept that God's name could be confined to a temple. But they had trouble believing that, that his name could be put upon them. So that when they left that temple, that name could go with them wherever they went. Greater Life Church, I'm so thankful that God's name is here in this building. I'm so thankful that people can come to Greater Life Church and experience God's presence and His ability to heal and to restore and to deliver. I'm so thankful that very dry bones can come back to life as the winds of God sweep through a congregation. But Greater Life Church, it is not God's plan for His name to be confined to a building. It's not His plan for His presence to stay here. No, God's plan is to place his name upon you so that wherever you go God's presence accompanies you can I say something real quick if you're wondering why your home isn't blessed could it be that the name that you encounter at church week after week never makes it home? If you're wondering why your family is in chaos and you can't figure out a solution, could it be that you forgot to paint the name on the lintel and on the doorpost? If you're wondering why the fruits of your labor at work are turning sour, could it be that you're not taking the name that dwells in this place into your workplace? It is the name of God that brings blessing it is the presence of God that brings the blessing if the only time God is welcome into your life is on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights then you have closed yourself off from receiving blessings from God you may get a goose bump or two you may get a good snotty crying session on Sundays but if God's name doesn't make it back to your everyday life then you will never be blessed God's plan to make all the nations of the earth blessed was it for them to encounter his name on Sunday, confined to a temple? But his plan was his name to be perpetually evident in the lives of every single person. That's what was so radical about the first century church. All this time, they had been stuck with a temple-centric mindset. They had grown up living in a way that confessed a belief that God's name was confined to the temple. But they weren't able to, but they were able to break through their tradition and realize that God's name wasn't confined to a building at all, but that his name was with them and upon them wherever they went. That's why the temple veil was torn in two, so God's name could exit that place. That's why the Apostle Paul could write the words found in 2 Corinthians 6 and 16. We, you and I, are the temple of the living God. We are the temple. The people are the temple of the living God. I believe that the Apostles started recognizing this reality as soon as Jesus gave his parting address to them on the Mount of Olives. Luke chapter 24, verses 50 through 51 records. When Jesus had led them as as far out as Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. You know, it's really interesting. 
is that when the high priest would utter the blessing, the priestly blessing, the birchat kohanim over the people, that he would put up his hands in a very special way. And then he would begin to pronounce the blessing. And here we have, in Luke chapter 24, Jesus doing the exact same thing. But maybe he said the blessing a little different. Maybe he said this, I will bless you. And I will keep you. I will make my face to shine upon you. And I will be gracious to you. I will lift up my countenance toward you and I will give you peace. And I will put my name upon you. Upon you. And as Jesus ascended to heaven, those apostles were left to wonder when Jesus would put his name on them. And they tarried at Jerusalem waiting for the promise of the Father. And it was on a Pentecost Sunday that God's name was placed upon those apostles when that presence called the Holy Spirit. Remember, the name is the presence. The presence is the name. When this presence came down and rested upon them, and that same day, 3,000 others were baptized in Jesus' name, and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and God's name was written upon them. And because they knew they had the name, they started to get a little radical about their God. They may have started praising his name just there at the temple, but eventually they took that name further and further and further away because they had the realization that this name that they had received wasn't just for them, but it was for their children and their children's children and to all who are far off, as many as God calls. The very next chapter, this new mindset about the name became evident when Peter and John found themselves just outside the temple. Not in the temple where they had always encountered the name, but just outside the temple. There was a man there who was lame from birth who sat at the temple gate. He was a cripple. And because he was deformed, he was not permitted by law to go inside the temple and experience God's presence. He wasn't allowed to go experience God's name. He had to sit there and recite the psalm. I'd just rather be at the threshold of the house of my God, just right outside. I can't go in, but I'd rather be at the threshold. But he could never say, I enter your gates with thanksgiving and I enter your courts with praise. He wasn't allowed to. Oh, he just had to sit there and say, my soul longs and even faints for the living God. I'm here, I'm outside the temple, but my soul is longing for the name. How am I ever going to get to the name? But in his lame state, he could never enter in. He couldn't get a full taste of the name inside those temple courts. So he had to settle for something less. He had to settle for just a little money, just a little alms, something so much cheaper than the name that was inside that gate until... All until he met two people named Peter and John who bore the name of Jesus upon themselves. And this is what they said. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. That's what his name can do for you. It can make the lame walk again. It's that name that is upon you. If you have been baptized in Jesus' name, if you have received his spirit, you have every right to say, I bear the name. I've got the name upon my life. His presence is with me. His name is with me. There are people sitting outside the gate settling for worthless alms from people who just kind of feel sorry for them. And all the while, they're just spiritually lame and have no idea what the name that is upon your life can do for them. Are you going to give them something less than the precious name of Jesus? Are you going to give them some alms and say that you hope that you'll see them on Sunday? Will you give them a church card and say, oh, I'm going to be looking for you on Sunday? Or are you going to bring the name to them? Are you going to bring his presence to them? What if we just ask people if we could pray for them? How hard is that? What if when we saw a neighbor or a coworker or a family member going through a terrible life event, what if we could just humbly ask if we could pray for them in the name? In the name. I remember, I remember watching an interview on Christian Broadcasting Network on YouTube and, and there was this revival going on in New York City and it really wasn't con- confined to a church. Or it, was just, it was just kind of everywhere. And people were being healed and delivered. There were demons being cast out. And there was some tongue talking going on, praise the Lord. But there was something else very remarkable about this interview. The number of times the interviewee said the name of Jesus was just absolutely astounding. I wish I could find that video and play it for you. It was incredible. I mean, this person you know, did not look, was not apostolic, did not look apostolic. I don't know if she was oneness. I don't know if she believes in baptism in Jesus' name or the receiving of the Holy Ghost. But she knew about the name. And I I watched this video and I couldn't help but think to myself, that's it. She's got it. It's about the name of Jesus. It's all about the name of God. She wasn't apostolic, but she got a revelation that his name, through faith in his name, is what can make lame people strong again. Greater Life Church, I am so thankful that the name of God is here in this building. I'm so thankful that I know his name and that his name has the power to heal and to restore us. I'm so thankful that you and I are Greater Life Church members and we get a feast in his presence on a weekly basis. But what about those in the foyer? What about those in the parking lot? What about those on 518? What about those in Webster? Are we taking the precious name that is within this sanctuary and are we taking it to our homes, to our schools, to our communities? Communities to our jobs. Yes, Hallelujah. I'm closing. <clears throat> it is God's will and His plan for the people to be blessed by His name outside of the church building. So, why does it never make it out? That's my question. Brother Landon, you mentioned it a few months ago in a message that there was a, a, a woman in your neighborhood and you mentioned the name of Jesus and She had no idea. No idea. I mean, this Jesus 
is the most influential person in all of history. He literally split our calendar in two. He was God incarnate. He's the God that I love. And this woman here in this Christian nation that we're supposedly part of had no idea who Jesus was. No idea. That breaks my heart. That breaks my heart. I hope and pray that that stirs something up in our hearts. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, stir us. Stir us about your name. There's people out there who need to know your name. Who that who need to know you, Lord God. There's a verse in Jeremiah that has just spoken to me so much over the past year. If you could throw it up on the screen. It's from Jeremiah 31 and 34, the previous verse. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord. Because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. What a powerful verse. Oh, how I long for that day. Oh, how I long for the day when every eye will see him and that we'll get to know him even as we are known. For now, we just see through a dark glass darkly, but soon face to face. I'm looking forward to that day when the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Oh, that I may know him. Oh, that you may know him. Oh, that my world may know him. Oh, I look forward to that day, but until then, I just have to teach my neighbor. I just have to tell everybody I know, know the Lord, know his name, know that he is Jesus and that there's delivering power in his name. You don't have to settle for worthless alms sitting just outside the temple gate where his name is. Because I'm going to bring the name of God to you. Because all you need is his name. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. We have all received that name. We are all bearers of that name. But what would it look like if we picked up that name that is in this sanctuary and carried it to our jobs, to our schools, to our communities, to our families? I bet our homes would be blessed. I bet our jobs would be blessed. I bet our homes would enjoy the blessings of God that come immediately come over us. Us and our families could feast on that Passover lamb roasted over fire and praise God that he withholds no good thing to those who walk with integrity. But we also, we also have to understand that it's God's desire that we don't keep that Passover lamb to ourselves but that we have to share it. We have to share it among our neighbors in our community. It's not enough for us to keep the name and keep it to ourselves and the blessings that it brings to ourselves. We must take it and share it and tell our neighbor, know the Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs>
speak the name of Jesus over this congregation, Lord. Put your name upon this people. Put your name, your ever-present presence upon them, Lord. Strengthen them and stir them, Lord. God, let them be a blessing outside these four walls. Just as much as I have been blessed by them, let them bless this world and this community, Lord. Jesus, touch this church family that I so dearly love. God, put your name upon them. Put your power upon them. God, let that name be with them wherever they go. Bring some lame people. Bring some lame people in their paths, Lord. Bring some people who need to experience the name in their path, Lord. God, bring them, Lord God. Put them in their path. Lord God, let them go outside these four walls. Let them find them. Let them say there's something better than homes. There's something better than money. There's something better than a quick fix. But there's Jesus. There's Jesus. There's the name of Jesus. I open these altars. Let's come pray. Hallelujah.